Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. I'm Kim Thompson Pinder, the extraordinary word ninja and founder of RTI Publishing, where we work with you to ghostwrite and publish your signature book that will double your business by attracting clientele and position you as the go-to expert in your niche. Next, we will show you how to use your book to make lead generation and conversion a snap while building an audience. My guests include professionals, entrepreneurs, and coaches who use their skills to build people powerfully. They will share their story and powerful tips that will help you live better. They will also share their writing journey and how it has impacted their life and the lives of their readers. If you've ever wondered if writing a book makes a difference, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Author to Authority podcast. And as we begin in the month of January of 2021, I am so happy to have with me today, Rosie Paulson. And the reason is, is we're going to be talking about pivoting your business. Now, I'm not big on that word pivot. You know, sometimes there's a word that goes around. I'm not big on it, but it is the correct word for what we as entrepreneurs need to do uh, to be successful in 2021. Now, Rosie uh, has been honored as one of the 50 most influential Hispanic business leaders in Florida. Uh, She's a native of Ecuador who came to the United States as a teenager. She's a public speaker, business trailblazer. Uh, She owns her own enterprise. And she is a company that uh, brokers Medicare coverage for people all over Tampa Bay. Now, one of the reasons why I wanted to have Rosie on here was just her unique perspective on how you can improve your business. And here's the thing, no matter what year it is, whether it was 2019 before COVID hit or now 2021, while we're in the midst of COVID, you still need to build your business. And I think that's something that we lost in 2020 is that ability. So first of all, Rose, before we get into the discussion, I just want to welcome you to the show. Hola, thank you. Thank you so much. Gracias for having me here. I really appreciate it that you have invited me here to share a little bit about my book, Ñeque, The Spirit of a Resilient Mindset. And I'm looking forward to a great conversation and uh, where are we going from here in 2021? So Rosie, why don't you start by, before we get into the nuts and bolts of pivoting your business, why don't you share a little bit of your story? Um, Because you've got a very interesting one. Yes, well, When I was about 10 years old, I used to live in Ecuador and girls did not play soccer because back in the day that was not considered a girl's sport. Um, But one day after I was, I'm very persistent. If you you do not know me, I'm very persistent. And I will bug my friends, my boyfriends that will play my my friends that they were boys that would play a lot of soccer to play with me. So eventually after a lot of persistence, they were, they allowed me to do it. And I was the goalkeeper, which is a coveted uh, place to play, but I was really good. But one day I get to the field and they all play with this girl. The only difference is that she was blonde and had green eyes and she was not brown like us. She was white. So I told my friends, like, why are you playing with her? She's a girl. And they said, well, she's an American. And I befriended her again. There you go, the persistent and my ñeque, which we t- I'll tell you what it's all about. 
And I befriended it and find out that she was a missionary from the United States and that in the United States, girls can do whatever they want to do. So I ran back to my house and I told my mother that I knew how I was going to play soccer, that I needed to move to the United States and I need to meet this guy named Jesus. And then I will be able to play soccer. So <laughs> at 12 years old, my parents, with a lot of effort, brought me to New York City. Well, I, started, I was in Miami first, but then New York City. And as soon as I landed in New York City, I knew I was an American born in the wrong place. Within three days, I learned my English. The subway system was my first accomplishment. I can take you from Manhattan to Brooklyn and back. It was amazing. But the word Nyek is actually a Quechua word that comes from, uh, from this tribe called the Otavalos. And needless to say, one day we're walking in Manhattan and I see an Otavalo woman right in the middle of Manhattan. And I knew then that that spirit, that persistent, and that Nyeke, if I just put my mind to it, I was going to come and live in the United States. This was at 12 and at 17, I needless to say that in 1988, I moved to America to live my best American dream yet without any college or university. I own two thriving, successful and profitable business. And I actually built one from the ground up and sold it. So technically I have done, done it three times. And now I teach business owners how to invest in the most human capital that they have in their business, which is themselves. So let me ask you a question. What was your first winter like in New York City coming from Ecuador? <laughs> well, if I, let's see. I don't remember that well because I guess, well, actually it was my first Christmas. And the thing I remember is if you guys do not know, we Hispanics celebrate Christmas at midnight. We call it Paranda or, or uh, Nochebuena. So I was able to be with my family and then be with my American family at the same time because the Americans celebrated the morning off. It was New Jersey. It was really, it was really okay. I love first Christmas. But I can tell you, when I was pregnant with my daughter, my first Christmas, she was born in January 26. So I had this belly. Oh, my God, that if you turn the corner, the belly will come first. Uh, she was all, all belly. But in Every time I would touch something, the electricity from the heat of warming up the, the buildings or whatever, I will just get shocked over and over and over. So I would feel my daughter jumping on my stomach. Boop, boop. So I don't, I honestly do not miss that part of winter at all. Did and you I guess not find it cold? No, it was cold, but I don't know, coming from Quito, Quito is kind of like you always have to wear a jacket or something. It's not as cold, but you always have some, uh, some warm system. But now, I mean, some cold and, you know, you adapt. But now that I've been living in Florida for 32 years, man, I like the other day we were under the 60s, I believe, or 50s. And my husband and I were walking. I have my gloves on and I have my hat on. I can't, I can't weather the, the winter anymore. <laughs> See, at that temperature, we're all taking our winter gear off. We're thinking, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> now in Florida, I know some of you guys from up north go to the, go to the beach and they, you even take a 
shower. We all know who's the tourist because you guys are taking the dipping yourself in the beach when it's so cold over here. Oh, we're like, man, this is just a nice, warm, balmy day, right? <laughs> I know, I know. The best thing, uh, my my uh, apartment complex has the heating pool, and I think that is the coolest thing in the world, <laughs> except when you have to get out of the pool. <laughs> Awesome. So uh, let's, I want to explore your story just a little bit more. So how did you start your first business and why? Well, as a matter of fact, I did the whole corporate work, right? So I worked for American Express Travel for about nine years. And it was morning to, you know, like going to work at nine o'clock, getting out at five o'clock, but I was a single mom. And uh, one time I went to my daughter's recital, which was her first recital. I was so excited because she was playing the violin. And I get there and the, the teacher just runs, and this story is in my book, and the teacher runs to me and he says, Miss Gonzalez at that time, um, I thank you for being here for your daughter's recital. And I said, well, of course, it's her first recital. And she goes, no, it's actually her third. So my daughter had taken upon herself that she didn't need to share this with me because I was working too much. And I realized that I wanted to be there with, for my children, even though I was a single mom. And thank God I was able to catch up a little bit with my daughter, but with my son, Stephen, I was able to be as present as I can. So I needed a business to be able to allow me to do that. But again, with Tabitha, and she is a daughter of mine, during her teenager years, she really needed me at home. So I actually, I quit my <laughs> corporate job and then I was able to be present for her. And then I started to figure out where do I want to go? What's my purpose? How can I be successful? And I was actually, I ended up landing a job for Humana Healthcare and learning a lot about the Medicare world and their options and how that community needed to have an advocate to help them to make the right decisions without a profit thinking um, mentality, which then it tells me my purpose was to help others as much as I can without expecting anything in return. Now, it became a very profitable business. At one point, even, I mean, remember, I'm from a third world country. If you really think about it, people that make $100,000 in a year, they are in the top 2% of richest people in the world. And there I am at that time, I was making myself, not without my husband, not with my husband's uh, salary, over $105,000 a year. And that really brought me into the idea of, my God, I'm, I, I really did not know what I'm doing, but I guess I'm doing really, really good. <laughs> and then one morning, my darling boss called me. This is a Monday morning. I was ready to get to, uh, to leave my day. And I had back-to-back appointments with, with just people that were ready to sign up. And he really was upset because he couldn't give me a, a lead and he was upset because I had my my day booked with back-to-back appointments and then I realized well isn't that supposed to be my job and he realized that yes I mean he was getting a lot of pressure but I was doing my job and I realized hey if I can do this for corporate America I probably can do this on my own and decided to to uh, open my own brokerage firm and I have not looked back. And then from that, being in Medicare, which the majority of people when I started were older gentlemen, 
white. There was no diversity as much as uh, it is now. And most of their wives were their uh, secretaries. This is how, you know, I've been doing this for almost 15 years now. Here I come, how do I make it with people trust me? How do people get to know me, like me, and trust me? And that's how I start my brand, Rosie Paulson Enterprises. And I started exploring how I can inspire my pain tribe to come and do business with me. And I, like I said, became very successful. I built an agency from the ground up, sold that agency, then built the Medicare, uh, I mean, built the uh, Rosie Paulson Enterprises. And I'm in the process now to build a second agency, nice. SNR Services. <laughs> nice. All right. I know you've come prepared today to talk about pivoting your business. So I'm going to let you loose for a few minutes and then okay. we're going to have some conversation about it. Great. So in my book, Nyeke, The Spirit of a Resilient Mindset, I take the four components of Nyeke, which is purpose, persis persistent, persevere, and pivot. Now, pivot, when I started this book, mind you, this book was in October where we put the outline. So pivot was not uh, in, in October of 2019. So this was before the whole COVID. Little did I know that Pivot Now is one of the most popular business world uh, work in the dictionary, right? So one of the things that I did and I shared is that as soon as we were locked in or we were not allowed to leave home, I had to, my business was more face-to-face -face networking. Now, how do I do this new normal. And I have kept putting off video stuff because I was not comfortable. Although I love, I've been in TV and I host my own program. I just, the perfectionist of me did not want to make a mistake, but pivot catapult me to do it. And I was reached out by every single group out there to start doing my, um, my, uh, you know, talking to people. So I came up with the ACDCs of pivoting. Um, and those are um, adapt, create, develop, and collaborate. Because adapting is hey, you got to do something. You still got to feed your family. You still have to go and inspire the tribe that is the one that's going to pay you. You just got to do it in a little, in a different way, right? So you adapt on that. Then you create what, what um, the pandemic did for me is that I was actually, first of all, I wrote my book, which I kept putting it off and off. I created my context. So my intellectual proper, uh, property became now a masterclass. And next twin, in this year, uh, as a matter of fact, in January, a little bit more uh, in this month, we are going to have a membership class of people that they're going to walk with me for 32 weeks. And we are going to find the Nyeke within them, which is something that we all have. And then the develop is where I created, you know, now I have a workbook that goes with it. Yep. I have classes, I have group uh, Facebook lives and stuff like that, that people will go through it. And we hold each other accountable. And then we collaborate. So um, I have a friend that does the video. So I will, uh, he will help me create my video. I will help him promote his business because at the end of the day now, the uh, business owners are the powerful, powerful and adaptable leaders of the world. 
So we need to help each other. And this thing is very simple. I give you a couple of tips. I mean, go like your friend's page. Why is it that uh, when somebody, when, uh, somebody gets a new job, you celebrate them, but when they open a new business, you don't even swim by their office or their new business? when we should be into the mentality of supporting small businesses, right? So like their page, make a recommendation on their page, um, go to their YouTube video, uh, register to their YouTube video. In their LinkedIn, do a recommendation in LinkedIn. That goes a long way. And then if you have the services and somebody else is looking for those services, share those services and tag your friends with it. Expose your sphere of influence to that person. It doesn't cost you any money, but to the business owner, it gives them a lot of a search or engine optimization. So they become just, they go up into the uh, search engine. Why not? And it's an organic way of doing it, right? Another thing I always say is I know right now we all not able to go in and do video lives, but video lives, it's just something that is very helpful. So do a, a video testimonial of your best friend, you know, and use their services. Um, sometimes small business owners uh, services might cost you a little bit more than a regular corporation. But the way you have to think about it is that in a community, when you spend in a big corporation, only 41 cents out of the $1 stays in the community. Mm -hmm. If you invest that same dollar in a small business, 73 cents stays in the community. So you're helping a child get their jersey for soccer, yes. you know, uh, the ballet slippers for the little girl that is dreaming to become a ballerina. You give them the mom or the dad the possibility to provide those things for them. That is so cool. So let's take a look at, um, so there was adapt. There uh -huh. was, what was the second one? Create. Create. Uh-huh. Okay. So if you have not come up with your with your uh, value proposition or, again, we all have something. We were all created with a purpose that only you can fulfill. So just figure out what that purpose is. And somebody, because we're not an island, everybody thinks we're all, no, everybody's looking for the same thing. You just got to project it to the pain tribe that is struggling with the same thing you do. And then you, you create that um, a component, like I said, I, I used to call it the four P's because P, persistent, I mean, purpose, persistent, persevere, and pivot, pivot, pivot. But I now look, call it the four components because mm -hmm. I really, if you put them all together, that's how you find your ñeque, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why ñeque too is it makes me, it's about me. Uh, so when people remember says first of all they're gonna say what in the world is Nyeke? but then it's related to Rosie and now I can help inspire others to find that within them. It's just about you really uh, thinking what you value is into this community and mm -hmm. then create that value proposition for the other people to find you. And I think something that's really important is the fact that you know sometimes we think oh there's so many other businesses that do it right? But there's no one who does it uniquely as you. Yep. And there will always be a group of people that you will connect with. And even though you provide the same services as somebody else, they're going, they will prefer you over anybody else. Mm 
So there's always a tribe of people waiting for you out there. So, you know, never think, oh, well, so many other people do this, blah, 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 right? No, find those people that you were created to uniquely connect with. Yeah. And I always tell, I say people, I, there's a chapter in my book where I talk about the worst client I ever, the first client I fired actually, mm -hmm. because she was a client with me on my corporate job and she followed me into my broker job, but she never trusted me. So as a matter of fact, she cost me money. I actually yeah. lost time, money, effort, sleep over this lady that was never going to be satisfied. And I'm pretty sure her person was out there. It was just not me. And that was such an invigorating experience to fire my first client because it really made me realize that my time is worth my money. And more than anything, you come to me for an honest and unbiased solution to your needs. So you need to trust me. And if you don't, then there's no business between you and I. And it's okay because at the end of the day, they're going to go somewhere for a cent less and you wasted all your time. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. So Rosie, let's talk about your book a little bit and you have been a bit, but I always love to know the good, the bad and the ugly of book writing. Uh -huh. So what was the hardest part for you in writing this book? I think to stay on task. I'm one of those persons that I like to take on to a lot into a lot of stuff, which is actually things that I talk in the in the book. Okay, I consider myself that I do have time management skills, but sometimes sustaining that on task uh, was the was the hardest thing. And I do have to tell you that the reason uh, why I was successful is actually my publishing company was able to keep me on that task. So you know they'll let me go a little bit, but then they'll wheel me in. It's says you have to do this and now you have to do that and thank god they were on top of everything and and keeping me accountable for that but i think that was the biggest thing um is that keeping on task of what they wanted because we had this 11 months we needed to get it done and there were some times that I, I had it like at the last minute um and then i delivered the 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 next task and the next but seeing it all come together, it was just an amazing experience. So what results have you seen now that you've published this book, um, both personally and professionally? One of the most important things for me, actually, this is the next uh, business card for you, right? Uh, so now I go to my networking groups and I bring my little thing around. And when I do my 30 second informational, I said, I am a commissioner a published speaker, a Medicare broker, and recently a published author of this book. That credibility, everyone really on their lives want to write a book. I mean, it's kind of like one of those dreams, but people say, well, what am I going to write about, right? Well, to me, what I'm passionate about, and this book is about my business experience and how I became a brand out of it. It's not memoirs. Some people will do uh, memoirs. Some other people will do uh, po poetry. It's something, right? Mm -hmm. But English being a second, as a second language for me, I thought I'd never be able to write a book because I Spanglish, you know? But really, it's something 
as a business owner that will give you credibility, will open door, it will be the beginning of explaining your value proposition for your paying tribe and really open doors that, that you can never really imagine. As long as you, you keep it true to yourself and transparent, because that's the thing that your book needs to reflect you who you are so people know you like you and trust you then they'll do business with you but if you're not transparent and you're not the same person that is in this book and then they get to know you they're gonna feel that they were let down by you that they were probably taking advantage or you lied to them mm -hmm. you'll never be able to do business with that person again so your book has to be a perfect reflection of who you are and again, to me, this is my first book, and it's about my passion, which is economic prosperity, but true to myself, which is my uh, diversity and who and my ñeque. Um, and then this is what created the master plan, the, the uh, uh, workshops that are coming in. And I'm hoping that we'll have a lot of ñeques, uh, people going around <laughs> and create their, finding their own way of doing things and inspiring their pain tribe. Well, thank you so much, Rosie. Thank how can you. people connect with you? We've got about a minute or so left. So how can people connect with you, find out more about you, get your book? Yes, uh, you can go to my website, www.rosiepolson.com, www.rosiepolson.com. All my social media platforms are on the Rosie Polson. My email, rosie at rosiepolson.com, and my phone number, which I don't have any shame of telling it to everybody, 813-909-6965, 813-909-6965. You can text me or call me. I would love to connect with each of you. Well, thank you so much. And that's Paulson, P-A-U-L-S-E. E-N. Yes, E-N, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rosie, for being on this show today and for helping us to set up a wonderful and fantastic 2021. So this has been Rosie Paulson and Kim Thompson-Pinder on the Author to Authority podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the very next episode. Bye now. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to the Author to Authority podcast. I have a free gift for you. I'd like to invite you to download a sample of my newest book, Author to Authority, coming out this year. If you enjoy the podcast, you will enjoy learning how becoming an author can change not only your life, but your business as well. Go to www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free dash sample. So that is www.authortoauthority.com forward slash free sample. Have a great day and stay safe.